BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, I seem fun, friends. A giant correction in this episode. Um, in the 33 minute or so, Mark, I'm talking about our wonderful sponsor, Away Luggage. And, uh, well, you'll hear about the, the offer, but the $100 off of the three-piece set, I meant to say, is in addition to the usual $20 off of a suitcase that we offer. Uh, and I think I said 20%. So if we could do that, that would be amazing. Uh, if, if we could do that, it would be amazing. What I mean by that is if we could ignore me when you get to the 20%. So you get 20, per, you get $20 off of a suitcase, but as well as this time, there is a $100 off if you get the three piece set. So if you get a three piece set, you get a hundred off. And also one of those suitcases will be $20 off. Does that make sense? So please ignore me. Uh, ignore that 20% that I said I have, I don't know. Uh, apologies and uh, enjoy the episode. I see the fun. I see the fun. The Diary of Jeff Kirkman I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 217. It's going to be late by the time you're hearing this. Obviously, it's up. But I am sorry it's late. I'm so overwhelmed. I just don't have any control of my schedule. It's not that I don't have an hour to do this. It's that I put it aside and everything goes topsy-turvy. And then I have a 12-hour writing spree. And then I'm like, okay, but then I have a... It, 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 <laughs> this is why I like to record a ton in advance. And I didn't over my, my semi-vacation, which was a few, like the day before New Year's, New Year's Eve and the New Year's Day, like I'd sort of time off then. And I just, I was like, I, can I just sit and do nothing for a couple hours here and there? So I, ugh. Ugh. there's nothing worse than being busy and not being rich. Do you get it? Do you get it? God damn it. Get me rich this year. Get me rich. So I don't have to, I'm trying to, decide, do I, do I go back to the writing job in New York? Then I just have to move by two weeks from now for 20 weeks. Uh, it's a lot. I hope my pilot gets picked up. I have no idea if it will. I won't know for three weeks. I have to make a giant life decision outside of that. And then if I got the pilot, then I'd quit the job. If I didn't get the pilot, then it's like, oh, I guess I live in New York now for 20 weeks with no it's just, I, my head is exploding, but there's no option where it's like, I just don't work for a few months and nope, not an option. <laughs> God, people, what am I, a human being with a job or jobs and has to use money to pay bills? What? What? I'm complaining about the thing that everyone goes through. I know I'm just tired, just tired. All right. Anyway, this is going to be a fun day. I have so much to talk to you about. And I have so many 
like I have planned out every episode for the next six weeks with like the topics, the letters I'm going to read and the articles I'm going to read. And then life happens, you know, I'm, I'm back up on my Instagram stories. I've decided that even though I'm not on tour, I'll give you like some snapshots of a day in the life. And that's, that's all you need. But I don't like doing it because my friends in real life, like there's just something that skews your brain when you watch Instagram. So if my friends, like, like in other words, my friend, Michael McMillan has a great podcast that you should listen to actually, especially if you like to talk about conspiracy theories, but it's not, it's presented so professionally and it's him and his friend Bryce. And it's, it's about more, uh, not conspiracy, but stories of the paranormal. And, uh, I was a guest on it. It'll be coming out late Um, and it's called the Bigfoot Adventure Club. So, I mean, sorry, the Bigfoot Collectors Club and they have great episodes up right now. So you can download that on iTunes. Uh, this week, if you want more of me, uh, I am on Judy Gold's podcast, Kill Me Now. And, uh, it's episode 134. You can find that on iTunes. I'll put a link to it in our, um, Put kill me now link. Okay. How does that sound? Um, I'm up there right now. <clears throat> Pardon me. I've got, I'm phlegmy. I'm not sick. I'm just, it's a little refluxy. Anyway, <laughs> I'm in the middle of waiting for like a conference call. So I'm just like, this, this is the hour I have to do the show. It's not the hour I wanted to do the show. You know what I mean? I feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. So I wanted to tell you about the Golden Globes, but I will tell you that in a minute because I, speaking of feeling overwhelmed, have just... I have no rhyme or reason to my emails. I have over a hundred that I haven't read. Some of them are just like, you know, mailing lists and stuff, but, um, I have to go through and delete and sort and organize and make sure I wrote back and put priorities and ones that I need a little more time with. But just like two came in as I was doing that. And I just wrote like, no way can I absolutely not do this. Thanks. Bye. And so it brings us back to the thing I had angst over a few weeks ago, which is why do I get so angry when people write to me, Hey, you know, sorry, you can't do the thing, but thanks for your quick reply. I don't, you know, I was going on and on about how I took it personally or somehow it offended me. And I know I'm wrong. Like I've been in therapy forever and I'm kind of an insightful person. And I try to be free of ego The the, you know, the regular trappings of ego. I don't mean like, damn, I look good in this dress. I don't mean that kind of ego. But the ego of like, Jen, Jesus, not everything revolves around you. People write that. People write, thanks for the quick reply for their own reasons. And so I know that it's not, I know that they're not writing it with anything in mind that has to do with their opinion of me or, or how I prioritize them. Of course not. But my point is that that doesn't mean that it still doesn't make me mad. And I could not figure out why it makes me mad. And I got some insightful email responses from you guys uh, down to the, I relate down to the, oh my God, I'm someone that writes that down to like a more scientific explanation. So 
I thought, let's just start with that while it's fresh on our minds. And I think that episode where I bitched and moaned about it was maybe the one before Christmas, I think was the one. Um, so, ouch, ouchie. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. So, um, oh, I didn't put their name. Somebody writes, Jen, thanks for your quick reply is annoying. I totally agree with you on receiving an email saying thanks for your quick, quick reply. I like you can be sporadic in my time frame of replying to emails, especially if I deem them as not urgent. That's always what's so funny is sometimes I write back the non-urgent ones first for some reason. Just to like get them out of my way. Because uh, there's the other thing too, where sometimes people who don't email you a lot or are asking for something, they get offended. They don't get offended, but if you take a long time to write back, it's like, oh, I guess you're busy. It's just, it's, there's something so annoying. But it's just the whole thing is annoying. I can't explain to you how many emails I get a day, like 300, and they're all business related, or it's like someone needs something from me, or can you do this show? And it's like, I just say no to every show now that isn't mine that I do once a month at the Hollywood Improv Lab. Yes, this Wednesday night is sold out. But you know what I always say, since some people buy in advance, by the time the show comes around, they're like, I don't want to go. So show up at the door and they might let you in. Uh, You have to buy a ticket, but they might let you buy some of the overflow. So if you happen to be in the neighborhood of Melrose and Crescent Heights tomorrow night at 730, like show on up. Uh, I will always demand that they let in as many people as possible. And uh, so there's that. But if you want to play it the safest, the February tickets are on sale. March has sold out for some reason. I'm not sure why, but um, let you in on a little secret there are like 10 extra seats after sellout that we then release. So, um, that you can keep your eyes on that March date if you had your heart set on it, because they'll, we'll release some tickets closer to the date. So anyway, that's jenkirkman.com. Click tour dates. Oh, by the way, I'll see you in New York city at Caroline's next week. Um, a lot of people are buying tickets and it's making me happy because I had this old notion that like my fans don't like comedy clubs and blah, 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 blah. But I have some amazing special guests on the show that are not like, I know people think of comedy clubs, like some guy's going to come out. That's like a bad Andrew Dice Clay ripoff. Who's like, who, and who isn't doing an ironic character being like my wife's pussy smells. And it's like that. You're not getting that with a JK show. They'll be like, you'll either see a gay man or a woman or a dude that's not racist. Like it'll be good. Um, So, yeah, I think that we will all have a good time there. It's so surprising to me because I keep forgetting that comedy clubs, at least in the more, well, no, there's bad and good everywhere, but that it's not a hundred percent rule that because it is a comedy club that they're going to select a host and a feature act that will work against the headliners fan base the headliners, personal politics, you know, like, I don't mean like, like government politics, but like personal politics, you know, and, um, I still don't like, I personally don't agree with the like host warm up person gets on stage thing. I love to just like come out and like 
my opening act does 10 minutes. I just like to like, let's just start the show. But in a comedy club, I think it makes sense to do it the way they do it, which is why they do it that way. Because a comedy club does attract at least half the audience is coming in going like, I don't really know her, but let's have a good time. And so it, it actually warms them up. Like you come in from the cold, you have a couple drinks, you watch the people before the headliner for a half hour, and then you see the headliner for 45 minutes an hour. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, like you get kind of a well-rounded experience and the comedy club is a business in and of itself. And so the host has to make a couple announcements pursuant to the business. Where so if I'm just uh, renting out a venue on my own, I can do whatever. So I, so I don't need a host. Like there is no announcement to make, you know? Um, so it makes sense. It's just two different kinds of worlds. But in the past comedy clubs, it used to imply the worst of the worst, the leftover hacks from the bombed out comedy boom. And you're just going to be rolling your eyes and miserable because it's a comedy club, which equals cheesola. And now it's really not like that. And it's really cool because it, it, what it, what's actually happening is comedy because there are so many comedians and they're all good. Comedy is reverting back to what it was, um, before the boom and the bust happened where you're seeing all different kinds of comedy on stage. You're not even realizing it that, what you might be seeing was once called alternative or what you might be seeing was once called one liner or storytelling. Nobody's divided up anymore, which I always found absurd because the audiences don't book the shows. So the audiences never divided us all up. It was the clubs. It was this bizarre thing that was going on for a while where if you talked for more than a minute without a proper punchline audience, uh, comedy clubs thought audiences wouldn't be able to listen to that and wouldn't find it interesting or entertaining. And they ended up training a bunch of human monkeys in those audiences to not be able to pay attention and listen because they only put up hacks. They were like, my wife's pussy, ba-ding, ba-dong, ba-dong. And if you hadn't heard of ba-ding, ba-dong, ba-dong within three seconds, you'd be like, boo. Instead of just putting what comedy is on stage, which is a mishmash of everything, and letting people enjoy it. And now people are like, cool. I see it all the time. And it's it's so great. Because I love a proper comedy club. I love... It feels like the, the equivalent... Let me put it this way. If you have a job where you can work from home sometimes, or if you've had a job where you work from home as opposed to an office, there's something about walking into the office that your inner child who's like, I'm going to walk into an office someday. And you know, whether you like it or not, it definitely feels grown up. That's how it feels to walk into a comedy club as opposed to like walk into my own venue. It, that is the equivalent of working from home. Like, oh yeah, this is on my terms, whatever. But there's some kind of pressure walking into a comedy club. Like, oh my God, I'm a real comedian. Like you cannot get stage time here unless you are a real comedian. You know, I anyone could rent out the whatever venue if they want. Well, I don't rent out venues. That's, that's the other thing I get. They give me the venue and then they get a percentage. So they are, it is based on my acumen and, um, popularity, but, uh, but yeah, but technically you could rent out a building, I guess. Uh, and, um, and put on a shitty show, but anyway, 
And then, so at speaking of comedy clubs, be a couple more this year, Buffalo, uh, New York helium comedy club a Vermont comedy club and the comedy attic in Bloomington, Indiana. Those will all be happening. Um, within uh, February, March and April. So get your game on, come to those, go to jenkirkman.com, click tour dates. They're all on sale right now. Okay. So sorry, I was reading an email. <laughs> I like you can be sporadic in my time frame of replying to emails, especially if I deem them as not urgent. I find that can be fairly passive aggressive, even if it's not meant to be, it still infuriates me. Maybe silly, but Hey, that's how I feel too. It actually makes me want to write back. No worries, cunt. Sorry for the swears, Jen. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this woman is also just a PS. Unrelated, but I am unlucky in Australia, and I do not have the Hallmark Christmas Channel, but was lucky enough to get my hands on around two dozen on DVD. My sister and I have started a new tradition of watching one per night up until Christmas. I always think of you when I see characters sipping their non-existent coffee in, co in empty cups. That is some commitment to the form, to watch them on DVD. It's amazing. Um, I still have a bunch of my DVR. My decorations are still up, by the way. So because the pilot I'm writing is about Christmas... I'm keeping the decorations up while the network decides to pick it up or not as a good luck putting it out in the universe. So there's that. And if they say we're picking it up, great. Then it's like I take them down. I begin my new life. If they say no, well, then the same thing. I take them down. I begin my new game plan in life. Um, but I just cannot bring myself to take them down yet, even though I, I kind of like doing it this way because I get sick of them. It just doesn't feel right anymore because nobody else is doing Christmas. So it feels like I have some bizarre private thing going on in my home, which I do, I guess. But, uh, and someone asked me if I got into the Netflix ones, the Christmas movies, I did watch one, I think like kind of falling asleep in my hotel room one night because my TV was being glitchy, but I, it's really just about the whole Hallmark experience, like actually watching it on TV with ads. I don't know. There's I'm brand loyal. I'm, I know there's lifetime ones. I don't go over to that either. I'm brand loyal, but I'm glad Netflix, listen, the more the merrier, there can never be too many. So I'm glad Netflix is getting into it and you know, I'll probably watch them eventually. Okay. Somebody says, thanks for getting back to me is her insecurity. All right. Hi, Jen. You can say my name. Her name is Carly. Hi, Carly. For context, I have a full-time high-pressure office job. Sounds like a busy businesswoman. That requires me to be on email all day and ideally get back to people quickly. I've been guilty of thanking people when they get back to me quickly, and I think that myself and others are doing this out of our own insecurity. I worry 24-7 about if I'm getting back to people quickly enough. When somebody responds to my email right away, I think about the mental process that I have to go through to do the same. I am genuinely grateful that they are better at keeping up with correspondence than I am. Like, please call me. I beg of you, not another email, you know? Oh, I've been so getting into phone calls lately. By the way, now it's interesting though that you assume that the person writing you back quickly is better at keeping up with correspondence. And that's my whole point. I'm not. They just happened to catch me when I was looking at my computer and I had to do something to feel like I was in control of my life. And I wrote back quickly, no, because it was just like, get, a, get away, get away. <clears throat> anyway, I hear what you're saying. 
In the future, I'm going to try to express it in a different way or not at all. Well, look at that. Let's all get back to each other in our own damn way. Fuck the haters. Can you please discuss how you feel about email sign-offs? Kindly, best, regards, etc. Who the fuck are you regarding? What's your email sign-off style? Here's mine. Carly. Um, I will do, I have a very bad habit of all lowercase going XOXO and then right underneath it, lowercase JK. That's how I write to people I know. I don't like to have different ones for different things. I mean, obviously if I'm doing like a super professional one, like, you know, like the few times I've had to correspond with like the president of Simon & Schuster, I write like best, but I hate best. Best drives me crazy. Regards and I might write take care or thank. There, I have a few. I have thanks, exclamation point, underscore JK. Always thanks with a capital T, exclamation point, under it with no space, lowercase JK. I never send my emails, Jen. I write JK. Um, yeah, I have all different kinds. Honest to God, you know those when people on movies or TV, they, they're like, Anyway, mom, I'll see you late. No, they don't even say that. They're like, well, they're on the phone with someone, you know, and they're like, well, I don't know. Joanna's just going to have to make her own decisions. And the guy will be like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then the other woman just hangs up. I don't know why they don't ever just go by. I think because of the editing process that if you say bye, that actually might look oddly jarring because it sounds like your answer to someone's question. If they're like, well, I hope Joanna gets her shit together. If you just went by and hung up, that would actually be weird too. So it honestly, in a weird way, looks better to just hang up because I'm sure they've edited the back and forth because that a phone conversation is all completely an edited function anyway. Um, and they probably don't feel like filming 75 versions of whatever. I don't know. I, I feel as though if I was running a show, I would be obsessed with that just because it's my little pet peeve. But, um, I'm actually one of those people who doesn't say bye. I'm like, all right. I go, all right. And I just hang up. All right. I got to run. All right. So we'll talk soon. Yep. And I hang up. Like they could go by. I don't even say it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know why I do it. So sometimes I don't even sign my emails. I just write like, if I'm really in a fast mood, it's like, I don't know. So just get back to me and what you think. Okay. And then I just write J, lowercase, under it all. So it's like, I don't have sign-offs. To me, email is not about writing letters that like the way that they would write really thoughtful letters. You know, my husband in World War II sent this, and now it's in a museum. Like, dearest Abigail, thusly forth, the winter winds are whipping. It's just like, yeah, yeah, what time can we meet the thing? My emails would not be in any museum of like great writing. Neither were my books, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, come on. Listen, if you can't get a copy of The Fire and the Fury, why don't you get a copy of my book, I Can Barely Take Care of Myself, or I Know What I'm Doing and Other Lies I Tell Myself. If each of you bought one of those books in paperback, if everyone who listened to this podcast did, I would make back and then some my my advance money I got. And I might even get on the bestseller list. Literally, if everyone that listens just went on Amazon and clicked on the paperback version or the Kindle, I'm serious. No one believes me, but I know you're not doing it because it didn't happen. So I'm just saying, if you want to buy either of those books on paperback or Kindle, you would be amazed how much that would help me. Okay. 
because uh, I don't get paid every book you buy. I already got an advance. So when the advance gets toppled, then I start getting residuals. But uh, ain't seen none of those now. We're selling books. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So this is a little explanation. I forget who wrote it. And as I was reading it, I was like, yes, but. So I'll get to that. Very interesting, though. So this uh, this guy or this lady, um, there's a scientific thing. If you choose to read this on air, feel free to use my name. I would, but I deleted it somehow. I've been known to use the thanks for the quick email. So here's my attempt to explain myself. Of course, now that I know that it bothers some people as much as it does for you, maybe I need to rethink it. As a techie, I'm thankful for quick replies because they mean less waste due to context switching. Context switching is a concept that comes up in how computers handle multitasking, but the same thing applies to humans. Wikipedia covers the topic just fine. And they sent me a link. Um, and I'll put that on the website, but I won't read the link because he goes to explain it. Um, so the person who sent you the email, ah, stop it. So the person who sent you the email had been in a task mode of thinking about my business with Jen. And once they clicked send, they may have been about to context switch onto the next thing on their to-do list. But when you, Jen, reply quickly, you've spared them the cost of the switching to the next thing. And instead, they can properly close their business with you while the topic is still fresh in their minds. You've truly made their lives more efficient and they're likely expressing genuine gratitude for having saved them the time and energy. The implication that you've got nothing better to do than stand by your phone and computer to reply to their crap probably never crossed their minds. After all, they had nothing better to do at that moment than email or text you. So I expect they'd never think to judge you for being in the same spot. At least that's my take. I think you're, this is exactly what's going on, 100%. I guess it's one of those things where because I'm, this is where I'm personally nuts. This is my nuts area. Then I'm like, no, of course they're thankful because just as you said, even if they don't even know their content, context switching or concerned with it, they're like, oh, good. Now I know so I can find someone else or I can go about my day or I can, again, toggle to the other screen on my computer and get my mind in that mode. And of course, they're not like, oh, she must have done that for me. But if I wish it could be expressed differently, I'm so, I know how random emails can be. I'm so grateful this came so that this this reply showed up in my email box right now. You know what I mean? It takes it off of, I know you chose to prioritize me and makes it like, oh, just as an added bonus, I'm so grateful this got dealt with quickly. You know, I'm so grateful the universe made this happen. (laughs) You know, write a really long email that I have to read. Um, and, and honestly, the reason that I'm writing them back so quickly is my own context switching. It's like, I don't want to then go record my podcast until I finish all the emails. And so even though I don't care about this person enough to prioritize them, I just need to get this off my plate before I then pick up the recording device of the podcast. So I think it works both, both sides. There's fine people on both sides, Nazis, people that aren't both great people. 
as our president would say. All right. One last opinion. Thanks for the quick, quick. Why can I not say quick? Crick, I say. Crick. That's what people think my name is. Jen Crickman. No. I'm with you. Regarding thanks for getting back so quickly or thanks for the prompt response. I think it's because it sounds as though the person is almost telling me what to do with my time or rather being presumptuous about what I do with my time. Like maybe I just happened to check my email shortly after they emailed me. Like maybe it's just your lucky day, buddy. So if you're crazy, I'm crazy too. Christine. Yep. I think it's definitely our craziness. I think the context switching is just the most rational response to this. And we are being irrational. Oh man. You know, what can I tell you? Well, that was exciting. I like when you guys write me back on the topic in the moment, if that makes sense. Um, so we've got some, uh, other things to go through. I'm trying to decide. I want to read you this article about cold and flu season and the, the mythology of it. And I think I will, because I think it's a good time of the week, uh, the month to do that uh, before it gets too late. And, um, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you about the, um, the Golden Globes. I'm acting like I was there. I, I keep seeing the Golden Globes. I meant to say the after party. Um, which there isn't just one. There's like 7,000. Um, so yeah, let me try to organize my thoughts here. Oh, could you have done that before you... Could you have done that before you did any... No, I couldn't have. I couldn't have. Well, I'll tell you something. At the Golden Globes party, you know what I wore? A green Halston low-cut, fun jumpsuit that I got on Rent the Runway because I am an unlimited member. So what was really cool was a couple years ago, um, yeah, it was almost two years ago now, for uh, different events, I uh, rented this jumpsuit and I really loved it. I noticed I kept wearing it and I wanted to get it tailored a little more towards me. I wore it to the L women in comedy party L magazine. I was featured in that issue years ago. And, uh, so I wore it on the red carpet to that. Then I wore it to my friend, Sarah Colonna's wedding. And I'm like, this jumpsuit is just so flattering and it's cool. It's a really unique green color. And I loved it so much. So when you're, um, an unlimited member of rent the runway, which I'm going to get into what it is, you can rent clothing and keep it and then return it. And, but if you really love one of the things they've sent you, you can, you have an option to buy it at a discounted rate. So it's awesome. Um, so I did, I bought that jumpsuit and I wore it to the golden globe, um, Amazon after party this week. So, and I mean, how amazing is that? It's like, I didn't have to go out and buy a new thing and it's cool. So think about that. Think about this. Okay. Forget your juice cleanse in 2018. That's, it's about the closet cleanse. 
the average woman only wears 20% of her closet on a regular basis. Old jeans, bridesmaid dresses, the trend you only wore once. It's time to clean out and make way for a new wardrobe. With Rent the Runway's unlimited membership, you can replace your old stuff with a rotating closet for one flat monthly price. You'll shop less and you will spend less. This is absolutely true. It has happened to me. I never shop anymore unless I am like on the road and I run into somewhere. But like that whole notion of like your your um, quarterly shopping trip for like, I need some work things. Nope. Four out of five unlimited members say they've saved money on clothes since they've joined. Get the thrill of constantly refreshing a wardrobe without the commitment. So here's how it works. You can rent four designer pieces at one time. So that's amazing. So you have four at home. Let's say you send one back. The minute they get it, now you have the option to get a new one. So you can rotate the four all at once, like wear them, then send back all four, or you can keep two for a little longer, send two back. I mean, it really is, it it works out for me that I sometimes get eight to 12 different looks a month because of the, how often I might just wear it once and send it back because, you know, I'm on the road every night, every show night, I might like to wear a different shirt. I'm always in photos, whatever. So keep the pieces Oh, and you chose, you choose what goes in your shipment. No surprises here. This is not one of those, like we pick it for you. Keep the pieces as long as you want and swap anytime for new looks. Simply mail it back and a spot will open up for something new. And I got to tell you that the mailing is so easy. They give you the return label. You just drop it off somewhere. Sign up today and you will get 30% off your first month. That's huge. Rent the Runway will even throw in a closet cleanse kit with a donation bag and prepaid shipping label. Dudes ladies. Well, it's ladies, but dudes, okay. this makes it easy to donate what you no longer wear. So you can make way for your new wardrobe. Now let's be very clear. This is real designers like Vince theory, Tori Birch, Derek Lamb, opening ceremony, Marnie DVF. You can rent tops, dresses, pants, skirts, jackets, handbags, jewelry, sunglasses. There are photo reviews from real people. So you can find the right fit free shipping and free dry cleaning and insurance on every piece. So they come to you clean and you don't have to clean it before you send it back. And then there's an app and it learns your personal style as you go. So you can browse personalized recommendations. So people, this month only, this is January only. Listeners get 30% off your first month with the code FUN. Visit renttherunway.com slash unlimited. Or you can download the, the iPhone app. I do the I do both. Sometimes I use my computer. Enter FUN at checkout to unlock the 30% off discount. That is code FUN at checkout. Again, this offer is only for July 2018. off your first month with the code FUN. What are you waiting for? Right? Hope you liked last week's episode, the holiday wrap-up. Nobody seemed to mind that I was still talking about the holidays, you know? Um, So I didn't get any complaints. Or if I did, maybe... I actually haven't checked the email this week, so maybe I got a ton of complaints. I hope you all had good holidays. Um... I wonder if any of you took me up on my challenge, which was to think about your brain as your beach body. You know, right now everyone's working on their beach body for the summer. 
It's going to take you five months to, to work off everything you eat Thanksgiving through Christmas. But I was saying, starting last summer, get your mind ready for the holidays. Now, how many of you didn't do it? And you're like, oh my God, that same fight with my parents again. Oh my God, I'm too unmotivated to keep my New Year's resolutions. Fuck it, I don't even make them anymore. Oh my God, I was doing the same thing on New Year's Eve that I always hate doing, going to this dumb party, everyone's drunk, because I don't have the guts to stay home alone. Or I stayed home alone. I'm, I'd like to go to a party sometime, but I'm shy. See, guys, you didn't listen, you didn't listen to me. I say you could join Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. You can get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. So for a special offer for our listeners, you go to Talkspace.com slash Jen. Now just go to that website right now. That specific page is going to tell you a lot about how it works and what people are saying. And for as little as $32 a week, you can pick an experienced licensed therapist that you relate to and that you feel comfortable with. These are real therapists. They have at least a master's degree. They have completed the standard more than 3,000 hours of supervised work. Again, Talkspace.com slash Jen. And to use uh, to show your support for this podcast, please use code Jen. Otherwise, Talkspace doesn't know where you're coming from and why should anyone else get the credit? Okay, Use code Jen, J-E-N, to get $30 off your first month. That's Jen at Talkspace.com slash Jen. We all need to take better care of ourselves. Our mental health is no exception. It's the beginning of the year. What a better time. Imagine that. You get your beach body and your mind ready. You're going to be hot and stable (laughs) in the pool this summer. And I am going on the road again this year. I am going to London. London people, if you don't know about it, I'll be at the Soho Theater January 28th through February 3rd. Uh, sorry, January 29th through February 3rd. Six shows. Some of them, like the Saturday, February 3rd, is completely sold out except for a couple seats in the balcony and standing room. Now, again, there's standing room at every show and the show is only an hour. So don't be discouraged if you really wanted to come that night. You can still go. Um but every show is selling pretty fast and, and they're telling me that, you know, they haven't even begun their huge ramp up of press yet. Cause when I get there, I'm doing like 50 press things a day. And then they said that London is more of a walk up last minute town. So for that being considered, I'm selling pretty well. So I maybe would go against your British tendencies and do this in advance because the tickets are priced pretty well. It's like everywhere from nine pounds, depending on the night and the seat to about, tw- I think 20 pounds, most expensive ticket. So, you know, I'll be bringing my away travel suitcases. All right. You're not going to believe this. This is a, the, like the best offer they've ever had. Like it's crazy. Okay. So just as you're sitting here listening, go to awaytravel.com slash fun. And you're going to use promo code fun at checkout, but check it out. I love my away luggage so much. I have every size, literally every size. There are four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. Um, I have it in sand. So I highly recommend you go, oh, Jen, I may not travel as much as you, but, 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 but when you, that's even more important to have good suitcases that you love. You don't have to be all mis, mishmashed, mismatched luggage. You know, and, and this year I did a big closet, closet purge and I, I had some suitcases that I was like, well, maybe I'll keep them like other brands. I'm like, I don't want them. I want to be streamlined. Isn't that just like the best feeling? You're like, this is my brand. These are what I have and we're going for it. So if you get yourself and I highly recommend this, a matching three-piece set. 
away is going to automatically give you a $100 discount for getting the carry-on, the medium, and a large. In addition to just the usual 20% off of a suitcase that I'm offering you today. That is $120 off of a Ludgage set. I have purchased a set myself and it's incredible. Now, don't forget the carry-on bags have a phone charger in them. And and it's not even just that they have a phone charger. It's right on top. You know, when you're like wheeling your suitcase and you take the handle, the phone charger is right there. So you can plug your phone in and still hold your phone in your hand in the same hand that you're wheeling your suitcase in. It is not an inconvenient truth like Al Gore's movie. It's a convenient location, not an inconvenient location. And you can charge your phone up to five times before ever having to charge in your suitcase. And my favorite thing in the world is when I'm in my hotel and I have my suitcase and it's standing there near the little uh, outlet and my phone's just, and, and my suitcase is just charging. I'm like, that is so cute. Imagine telling someone in the eighties, if they saw, they'd be like, why is the phone, why is the suitcase plugged in? You don't even tell those people there's no more smoking on planes. Anyway, All suitcases are made with German polycarbonate premium, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance and very lightweight. Guys, I check my bags. They get thrown around. There's not a crack on these things. The wheels haven't broken. I've used them maybe 30, 40 times. The interior has a patent pending compression system helpful for overpackers like myself. Four 360 degree spinner wheels, guarantee a smooth ride, TSA approved combination lock built into the top of the suitcase to prevent theft, removable washable laundry bags inside. They charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else powered by a USB cord. Now that's the carry-on. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix it for life. You've got a hundred days to use it and decide if it's for you. You can return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Again, if I worked it away, I'd be like, here's a question. Why are you so stupid? It's the best suitcase in the world. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48. The carry-ons are compliant with all major US airlines and it maximizes the amount you can pack. You don't even know. I put like three outfits and like toiletries and a computer all in a small carry-on. And if you live in New York, go to New York City. Again, folks, are you listening to me? Awaytravel.com slash fun. Right now, a $100 discount for a carry-on, a medium, and a large suitcase. In addition to the $20 off of a suitcase that I'm offering today. Awaytravel.com slash fun. Use fun in the promo code. Thank you to all of my lovely sponsors. Thank you for being part of I Seem Fun. Um... And I'm going to try to be better about posting pictures of my Rent the Runway outfits. Um, I will do that. Hey, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it in the... Um, hang on. Let me just make a note to myself. I'll do it in the this episode. I'll post a picture of me. And use the... How's that sound, folks? All right, my loves. Okay, so we have another email from a listener. Now, again, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to make Jack, the guy who emailed me about, he was very opposed to my everything about it. He didn't like that. I jokingly told that guy who wanted to compliment women's shoes that 
he should act gay. He didn't like that. I said, listen, people know what I mean when they say that we're kidding. He just thought it was irresponsible. He didn't like it. I just vehemently disagree. And I don't want to argue with him. His opinion is valid. Of course, he doesn't need me to tell him that it is. I just, it's either you get it or you don't, or you accept it or you don't. Um, but there was another perspective from a, a gentleman who is gay and he wrote me this letter. Now again, no, it's not, we're not piling on the other guy. I don't even think he listens anymore. Um, Hi, Jen. Long-time listener, many-time annoying writer. I don't remember. Joseph, I don't remember. There's so many emails from you fans. Um, oh, can I just reheat my coffee? Okay, then I'll tell you about the Golden Globes party. Then I'll read you the article about cold and flu season that my acupuncturist wrote. Uh, so I'm, we're trying to... Um, so when I did that holiday survival guide, and thank you guys for tuning in, um, it really helped... Um, I interviewed Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. I interviewed my acupuncturist, Russell, who's genius. Uh, Sarah Colonna, my friend. Michael McMillan, my friend. Who's an actor you might know him from True Blood. He's now on uh, crazy, my crazy ex-girlfriend. Or crazy ex-girlfriend, I think. I forget if it's my or Sorry. Um, ben Lee, the musician. Uh, Cameron um, Esposito and Rhea Butcher. Together as a couple. So... A Dr. Drew, Greg Proops. We had great interviews. Believe me. I have all the best interviews. But they, they took like... Some interviews were 30 minutes to an hour long. And they edited them down to like 15. Um, so I wanted to show or get you guys the unedited versions as like little bonus episodes. I think it'd be really cool. Because, I mean, mostly we talked about the holidays. But I tried to make it insightful and interesting so that it went all different kinds of places. And my interview with Kim Gordon, she, I think she was still like, wait, are we still just talking about the holidays? She was like, what about this? What about that? Like she totally wanted to talk about like sexism and stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> they're never going to air this. She was like, that's all right. I'm like, okay. So I really want to air hers. Although she was like, <laughs> I was literally like, you don't seem like a human to me. Even though I've, I just, but I was saying it within a, like, not trying to make her feel weird way. But I was like, you know that there's a website called, like, David Bowie doing normal things. And it's like, it just looks so... I'm like, that's why I think of her. Like, I know she's not a superhuman, but I'm just saying she has such a cool, iconic vibe. Um, but But she's obviously a human like anyone else. But I'm like, uh, I don't know, it's funny. Uh, I think she was like, what? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. How do you answer that question? All right. Who cares? That's irrelevant. So you hear it. So I'm, I'm trying to get Amazon to like release the, release the Kraken. <laughs> Is that what the kids say? Uh, to release them to me so that I can post them, but you know, logistics. I swear to God, sometimes it feels like more effort goes into the things I'm involved with, like the script I'm writing or the logistics of getting those interviews back than does the entire running of the government, which I actually believe is true. All right. Sorry, but I'm an episode behind and I just heard the email response from the guy about the guy wanting to act gay. As someone who is also gay, I find the outrage puerile. Puerile. 
It's ignorant for him to reject the existence of stereotypical gay traits. Those traits are here. Those traits are queer and they are a part of our culture. I remember being in my teens and noticing the first time that I kind of caught myself acting gay and not giving a fuck because it came out when I was being myself, when I was so happy to be around people I liked and who I felt comfortable around. I was probably imitating the people I saw in culture who were the authorities on fabulous things like fashion, art, and design. To knock stereotypical gay traits is to knock public gay pioneers. It was brave of them to act that way in front of such a large audience who may not get it nor like it and subversive of them to not be bothered. You know what the real tragedy is? People who are forced to act straight. People trapped in the closet. People who are going into 2018 with heteronormative ideas thriving in their heads. There's a stereotypical gay way to act that we should embrace, enjoy, and encourage if that's who you are inside. Should that guy be appropriating it? Probably not, but there are far worse things. For instance, a grown man walking around shilling his opinions of women to them. Men didn't get a lot of the time, my, men didn't get it a lot of the time, myself included, and it's a fucking bummer. Then he wrote, you know, it's not a bummer putting the single, putting single ladies on your Christmas playlist because the chorus contains ho, 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 or wish that you were here by Florence and the machine because the last minute has a beautiful section of bells or just for now by Imogene Heap, because we all need a holiday song with the word hopelessness in it. Um, first of all, the single ladies, I'm such an old lady loser. Oh, 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 oh. I thought she was saying, oh, 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 she's saying ho, 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 or are you just joking? I know she's not saying ho, 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 like Merry Christmas, but ho is in a ho. I did not know this. I am. Um, email me if you knew this or if this is true. I seem fun at gmail.com. I'm serious. I didn't know that. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, she's saying ho, ho. Are you saying, are you implying that she's saying the word ho is in your a ho or she's just making noises and it happens to be O-H-H-O-O-H-H-O? You know what I mean? Whew. We tackle the tough ones here on I Seem Fun. So a bunch of people are asking me questions on my Instagram stories. I didn't know you wrote a Mrs. Maisel. What did you consult on? I, I feel like I answered this before, but let me just succinctly put it here so I can, you know. I was a consultant on the show. Now, I know it sounds like I'm, there's all kinds of consultants. Like, for example, they had to write an episode because the dad on the show, played by Tony Shalhoub brilliantly, is a um, like mathematical science teacher. He's a scientist. They had to consult with actually someone who does that for a living and go like, what's an equation that he could be teaching. So that guy doesn't come to the set because you have to write the scripts, you know, months in advance. So they might have a phone call with the guy and he talks to them for like a day or two on and off. You know, I was a consultant originally. What I was told was we have, you know, she's like, Dan and I write most of the scripts. We have another woman who writes one or two scripts. Writing the script is a whole, when you write on a TV show, you sit in a writer's room and you all know what the season is going to be. Usually the showrunner or the creator of the show is like, okay, first episode, you know, I won't use the show as an example for spoilers reasons, but first show, this woman's pregnant. By episode 10, she's going to realize it's twins and she's going to have to quit her job to be a full-time mom and she's going to embrace that challenge. So we know where we're going. So it's like, okay, well, Keeping that in mind for every episode, 
Now what's going on with her friends? Oh, are her other friends jealous because she can't get pregnant? Okay, so we'll have some episodes about that. You know, so you know where it's all going. This show was like, they're like, listen, we wrote the pilot a year ago. It's already up on Amazon. When I interviewed with them last March, this is what they were telling me. They're like, it's already up on Amazon. We know like detail to detail what's going to happen this season, but we, you know, might have some parts of the stories that we have to, as they call break. Um, but we need you and this, this other guy, Noah uh, Garden Swords, who's a hilarious comedian. We were the stand-up consultants, like from everything to like, would you hire someone to write jokes to... We have all these other characters who do stand up. Can you write their acts? Um, to what would you call it if you were not doing well on stage? To this and that. And Amy's dad was a stand up, so she grew up with stand up. Anyway, so that was like what was, you know, like coming into it, like, oh, and then you get there. And, but you're, but what I loved was we actually sat in the writer's room all the time while they were talking about the story and the show and, so I was in on everything and I read every single script. You know, there's outlines, you like three versions of an outline and then like a few versions of the script. So I read every single version of everything and offered ideas. Oh, let's cut this here. You could punch up that joke there. And they, they do that to everybody. You sit down with your pencil and you actually write in things and they may use it. They may not. But, um, in addition to an assignment specifically, I might get, which is like, okay, so we need this character. He's a guy who's really confident and he has a really tight 10. Can you write the tight 10? You know, but it's from the fifties. There's stuff like that. So me and Noah wrote that stuff. And then we wrote some of Midge's stand up. But what's interesting is because Midge is a character, obviously, um, who has this whole other rich life and it's Amy's brainchild. She did write a lot of Midge's stand up, And then we added things here and there. So, uh, I know a lot of people picture a consultant, like I'm there on set with my glasses, like cut now in a standup would move over here. None of that happened. We, I was in the writer's room and then once all the scripts were locked, they don't need me anymore. The onset, um, do it like this, do it like that. That's all Amy and Dan, they direct and they write basically every episode. So that I they don't need my cons- consultation on that. They, they know how to. They know how to direct a woman to behave like a stand-up, and the actress herself knows how to research and look at what stand-up looks like and add her own thing to it. So it wasn't like that. But there's, you know, it's a really, it's not challenging, but what was interesting about it was you want to write really good stand-up for, for the character, but you have to take into consideration that she's new and finding her way. So you can't nail it. So you have to write like, oh, that's pretty good. She's pretty funny. She's going to have a future. You have to write the stand-up sometimes like that. And then build up to nailing it like she's really good. You know, um, you don't necessarily, unless the script calls for it, want her to bomb with bad material unless the script calls for it. So we wrote a lot of that. We wrote a lot of her bombing stuff. We wrote, sometimes she would... um, in a few of the episodes, she went to these parties and was kind of like holding court and talking a lot. And like we wrote some of that, like as though it were stand up. So there was a lot of different stuff that we were involved in. It was really cool. And um, yeah, it won the Golden Globe. I mean, I didn't even think about the Golden Globes. I remember when they said it was airing in December. I was like, oh, we're going to miss the Emmys, but we're eligible for this year's Emmys. But I forgot about Golden Globes. And so when it was nominated, I was like, oh my God, it was so cool. Now, Some of the cast wasn't even at the Golden Globes and they won best comedy, which really means just overall, it's mainly about 
the directing and the cast and the, um, the vibe, you know, the crew, the production. So, I mean, the writing is part of it, but it's just not, it's like, we are happily the workers under the Titanic, like putting the coals and making it work. I mean, it, it's not about the writers, if that makes sense. So, um, of course my mother and everyone had to answer 50 questions. Are you going to the golden globes? Like, no, if I were a janitor at the hotel, I'd have a better chance of going to the golden globes. Like it's not, you don't invite, there's like a hundred people on a production. You don't invite, you know what I mean? Like you don't invite the writers. Now, some TV shows like daily show or whatever at the Emmys, they have best writers, but that's because or best writing, but that's because those shows are really about the writing. They're joke oriented shows, topical every night. Now, obviously every show is about the writing or what would the actors say, but there's more, way more to it than just like the daily show. And then the daily show is just a host. So best writing, you get all the, you know, all the writers on stage. It's just how it is. Um, but no, now I might be invited to the golden globes Every television network, Amazon, Netflix, HBO has an after party and it's for their show people that got nominated. So the cast comes, they bring a date, the accountant comes, he brings a date, you know, whatever. Um, and all of the, the Golden Globes took place in a hotel called the Beverly Hilton. And I guess that hotel has tons of different ballrooms in it. So all the TV parties we're each in their own event space all over the hotel. The Golden Globes was actually in the hotel. So if you were at the Golden Globe ceremony, all you do is you walk out, go down the hallway, start going to a party. For everyone else who was not at the Golden Globe ceremony, we had to arrive by shuttle. And I know it makes no sense. Usually I've been to other parties. It's because all of the parties were in the same building. Now the Vanity Fair party and all the super fancy ones, those are somewhere else. And then the real party is the people who skip the party and they just have something back at their house. You know, that's what you want to go to. But, um, in the past I've gone to like the HBO after party at the Emmys. I've gone to the Netflix. It's in its own space and you, it's certainly a cluster fuck when you get in and it's busy, but you usually get an Uber and they drop you off and you stand in line for about, you know, five, 10 minutes and you check in and then you get in. This was like, okay, down the street from the Beverly Hilton is an office building and they have a giant parking garage. So you're going to either drive there and park in the parking garage or, which would have been a nightmare, or you're going to Uber and you get off and then you get in line to tell them your name and show them your ID. Then you get in a separate line to go through metal detectors. Then you get in another line to get on the shuttles. The shuttles drop you off at the Beverly Hilton. I know you're thinking, Jen. Why wouldn't you just take an Uber to two blocks away from the Beverly Hilton, get off and walk in? Aha, they wouldn't allow that. Streets were closed off for about a half mile in each direction. And they said, you cannot enter the property because it was like barricades unless your body is physically coming off of a shuttle. So they would see you walking from somewhere. I could have walked two miles and they would have seen you that you had to be physically the way that you got off the shuttle, you went right into another metal detector line. Then after that line, you, I waited in line for a small elevator to take us to the eighth floor. So I took my friend, Darren, he's just a huge fan of the show. Um, and 
he's gay in case anyone's like, oh, a romance. No. So he, um, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get you in an Uber around. We'll get to the parking structure at 830 so that we'll probably get to the party at 845. So we're not like totally early, but let's be early because we want to be home in our own homes by 10, 1030. We didn't get into the party till 10. That's how much waiting there was. The shuttle thing was a debacle. People were going crazy. It's so not glamorous. It's literally only glamorous for the celebrities who are there as it should be. Anyone else, it's piece of shit time. It, 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 it is not glamorous. And then once you get in there, you're like, you might be like, oh, my mom emailed me. Matt Damon was at the Amazon party. I don't care about Matt Damon. I didn't see him there because he's not there in the same capacity and at the same time as me. He probably wandered in at 830 or he went at 130 in the morning. Samantha Ronson was the DJ and her and her brother, Mark Ronson. That kind of excited me. I kind of think they're cool. Okay, so... I get to the party. Luckily, I get there just when the cast is getting there and just when Amy and Dan are there. So we, uh, I got to talk to them and everyone there was so fucking nice in that group of people that it's like, I felt guilty. Like, don't you have to go be someone who just won? They're like, no, everyone's like standing around talking the best people ever. So that was the party. And I had a glass and a half of champagne Because the thing is, like, I like to drink early. I drink after 10. I turn into a gremlin. Not that anything bad happens for me, but I get a hangover. Like, my body starts processing alcohol differently after 10. So two glasses of wine after 10, I'm I'm a hangover all day the next day. Whereas if I had a glass of wine at 6, like a happy hour drink, and then a glass of wine with dinner at 7, you wouldn't even know it. But I feel, like, really the effects the next day. It's, It's just hormones getting older. That's why when younger people are like, let's drink after a show. I'm like, you have no idea how shit changes. And like, and I know you're like, no, it's worth it though. You'll feel like shit the next day, but it'll be worth it. It's like, no, but I've already done the drinking in my twenties where you get so drunk that it does fuck up your day, but you're like, that was worth it. Like, it's just not anymore after a certain age. Like I've been drinking in general, someone who consumes alcohol, whether it's once a month or sometimes twice a week, just depends. But 23 years, like, it's not that interesting to me anymore. You get what I'm saying? It's all circumstance. So when people are like, are you going to have a drink after your show at Caroline's? No, I got to go to bed and get up and make sure my voice is okay. And I got to, no, um, no, it's literally not interesting. Okay. Anyway, so that's my Golden Globe story. Wow, what a life. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, so I'm not going to say any more tidbits about my life after this. I'm going to read an article about how to protect your immune system from cold and flu season. And it's written by my acupuncturist, Russell, who's genius. He wrote this for um, Lenny Letter. So... If you don't feel like hearing me read something, you can end this now. If you do, then keep listening. All right. How to protect your immune system from the dreaded, quote, flu season. Quote, the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe. Albert Einstein. Even before I was an acupuncturist, the conceit that certain months of the year yield a dark force cloud of disease heading my way, sent by the vengeful hand of Mother Nature herself, seemed scientifically sketchy, but that fear definitely concern, 
but that fear definitely confirms the existential pit I have developed this year that says I must be on constant high alert for suffering and aggression, and I should absolutely be afraid to leave the house. It's like a big box office disaster movie, cold and flu season, don't touch that restroom doorknob. Though the flu specifically does peak between the months of December and March in the United States, I refuse to believe that the universe is hostile to me. And that is hard work for me to remember, especially in 2017. I'm on Facebook. I don't need any more encouragement to fear facing the break of day. But I have to do this work. I have to remind myself that I live in harmony with a peaceful universe because my life depends on my loving it and fostering compassion for those who live in it. Winter is not an aggressive season as nature actually intends it. Winter is meant to be the season of utmost yin, utmost darkness, utmost softness, and utmost rest. It is meant to be the period of consolidation and conservation so that new life may burst forth in spring. If you were many other mammals, you would just sleep right through it. But you are a human living in 2017. So instead of resting, you are going to work right through it, oftentimes working even harder so that you can take one week off, which you will cram with hyper-socializing, traveling to environments your body is entirely unacclimated to, eating shit your body has to work twice as hard to digest, and managing the insane pressure of being full of joy and gratitude while fending off the expectations of your family and shopping for the perfect gifts for a seven-year-old you've met once and your husband's weird aunt who calls you Raquel, even though you're name is Rachel. Cold and flu season does not mean the environment is pumping norovirus and strep into every subway station and kindergarten playground. It is our cultural resistance to recognizing the necessity of conversation, oh sorry, conservation, and our inability to adapt to limited sunlight exposure and cold with an overconsumption of refined sugar, dairy, reduced water intake, unusual stressors, and reduced physical activity. According to the Huang Di Neijing, sorry, the fundamental doctrinal source for Chinese medicine, there are always pathogens in the air. Our bodies have a natural intuitive defense for these pathogens, an energetic layer of immunity and vitality that sits on the surface of the skin called the Wei Qi or the righteous Qi. Getting sick from external causes, colds, flu, allergies, is ultimately about the battle between what's in the air, wind, or evil key, yes, that's what the old books call it, and the strength of our way key. Wind hits us first in the neck, which is why we wear scarves and why the two symptoms that precede a colder flu are stiff neck and sore throat. As the evil key and the righteous key collide, heat and stagnation are on the surface of the skin, and that's what we feel those first couple of days of illness, muscle aches, body soreness, alternating chills and fever. Western medicine really likes to focus on the evil key or the germs in the air, but Eastern medicine dictates that it is less important to worry about the pathogens, which are always there and we can't control, and instructs us to focus instead on self-care and cultivating strength. When our bodies are strong, we're, resistant, we're resting and eating properly, we're exercising and managing stress, we're taking the best care of ourselves, our immune system functions best and protects us adequately. According, oh, sorry. I don't believe the environment is 
wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't believe the environment is closing in on me in the winter. Rather, I live in harmony with it and simply must adapt to the two empirical environmental changes predominant this time of year darkness and coldness. Shortened daylight will affect your mood and more important, eliminates natural sunlight. Vitamin D, which is a huge component of our immune system. Cold, by definition, causes a lack of circulation and deficiency of energy, and it incubates germs, which is why hand washing is so vital. So we must do what we can to balance that. Keep our bodies moving and warm. Keep covered, especially the back of your neck where the wind attacks, and your legs and feet. Nothing inspired the temper of my teacher, a feisty and fiery Taiwanese doctor, more than seeing a pack of women eating brunch outside on an overcast day wearing flip-flops. Shoes, she would scream from the passenger window of my car. You do this to yourself. Here are some tips I offer my patients to help them adapt to winter. To counteract the limited sunlight exposure, try to take at least a short walk every day and a 1,000 to 2,000 IU supplement of vitamin D3 daily. Cod liver oil is an excellent and natural source of vitamin D. Everything consumed should be at room temperature or warmer. No raw foods, no salads, no iced beverages. Instead, choose soups, stews, and broths, even foods that are cooked too long. Eat foods that grow during winter, squash, potatoes, root vegetables, winter greens, or the foods that specifically warm and nourish the kidneys, beans, bone broths, lamb, chicken, walnuts, dark leafy greens. Refined sugars, in addition to being phlegm producing, deplete our bodies of vitamins and minerals, especially magnesium, zinc, and potassium. So be smart. Dairy is essentially phlegm, so limit consumption of milk products during damp and cold periods. Do not sleep in the direct line of a heater or a fan blowing on you. If you do feel like you are getting sick, the first 24 hours is the most important time to address it. At the hint of the initial stiff neck, sniffle, or dry throat, drop some liquid oil of oregano, nature's antibiotic, down your throat and get sweaty, either through exercise or a sauna which warms you, opens the pores, and pushes out the pathogen that's trying to get in. If the way key loses the battle and the germs go in deeper to the sinuses, to the chest, and to the belly, sweating won't help. And all you can really do is sleep and flush it out with a ton of fluids. If you can't hibernate, at least do one less thing per day. Take one night off. Buying into the mentality that there is unquestionably a rolling wave of phlegm and sniffles coming your way in every handshake at work and Starbucks knees and that your immune system is totally powerless is just one way of viewing the world. There are other ways. And I fully tell my patients to get the flu shot if they think that is best for them. I am not trying to dissuade anyone from vaccines, but it doesn't take the onus off of personal responsibility when it comes to health. It doesn't give you license to guzzle guzzle ice cream all day and stick your fingers in your mouth at the gym. But I have spent the past year living in abject terror of impending doom, and I hate it. I have hated going through the motions of my life this year feeling already beaten and inert. I am doing everything in my power to not engage my existence from a place of fear. I prefer to choose not seeing my world as hostile or germ hostile. I am writing this essay to you, and I tell this to my patients, because I believe the most important thing right now is that we feel strong and still loved by this world. The most important thing right now is that we know, deep in our bones, that we are powerful and guided by a divine grace that has equipped us to survive. 
This is not the time to forget that you were born with the inherent with the inherent intelligence and resources to adapt to the transitions that come with living in a universe that brought you here and needs you here. As the cold wing stings your skin and chaps your lips this winter, I need you to remember your resilience because it reminds me of mine. Russell Brown is a licensed acupuncturist and the owner of Poke Acupuncture in Los Angeles. He thinks cold and flu season would make an amazing Valentine's Day-esque A-list ensemble, Gary Marshall-style romantic comedy. I hope that helps all of you. Stay happy and healthy until next week. Have fun.